Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's so great to hang out with you and to help ourselves doctor ourselves first. So this is the Dr. Me First podcast and I am Dr. Erin Wiseman and today is episode number 59. I am talking with Dr. D. She goes under the pseudonym the frugal physician and so her word is frugal. We're going to talk a little bit about the practice of medicine, how money involves with that, and what frugality means to each of us. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I hope it helps you reflect on what money means to you. And then also I ask a question to Dr. D at the end that what costs next to nothing but makes you feel rich? Mm. So think about that question, listen to the conversation, and then hang around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. All right, here we go. This is Dr. D, and we were just chatting it up before getting on the podcast recording, and I am so excited to learn all about what she's doing in the life of physician, mom, and money. So Dr. D, tell us all about yourself. Hey, thanks so much for having me on here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I am the Frugal Physician, and I blog at thefrugalphysician.com, and what I do is I talk about how my family was uh, the typical physician family that inflated our lifestyle and tried to live it big as soon as uh, I graduated residency. And we bought the big attending house and tried to get the lifestyle, you know, just like I thought doctors should be living and that's what, um, and what other people think doctors should be living as. Um, and I quickly realized that that didn't make me happy. And I found myself uh, kind of stretched for money, uh, living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm a primary care physician, so I don't make all that. You know, I, I make a lot compared to the average American, but compared to the average doctor, not so much. <laughs> so I know you're a family practice, so you're kind of in the same boat, right? Yeah. And so um, we decided that we actually were going to deflate our lifestyle back to the way we were living when we were residents and found that actually that made us a whole lot happier and really got our money situation under control really quickly. Um, And so I talk about how uh, that could be a valuable thing for uh, some physicians to do, especially as they're paying off debt to try to get out of uh, under student loans. And um, uh, basically frugal living. And generally, I, you know, I'm not a big coupon clipper. I try, but I never happen. Um, the biggest thing that makes a huge difference in people's lives is just living smaller, just a smaller house, you know, older cars. And it makes a ton of difference if you're bringing a doctor's salary in. Um, Girl, so you are speaking my language. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. I love that you put your story out and you talk about how you didn't get it right, but by living intentionally, especially with your money, that you guys have ha- now found more joy in life. And so I absolutely love everything that you share. I follow you on Instagram and I love all your little posts that you do. Some of the Thank best you. advice that I got as a resident was from an attending that I had who was like, Aaron, just keep living like a resident. He's like, you're going to want to like go out and buy after you sign that line on the contract. But he was like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) 
And you know, honestly, <laughs> because of that advice, that's why I've been able to like walk away from situations and branch out and do this crazy life coaching business because awesome. we, we lived small and we had big nest egg and you know, it, and I'm still driving the same cars that we had in residency, except for my minivan. Nice. When we had the third <laughs> kid, we had to upgrade, but you better believe it was used and I took cash in there and I was like, Here you go. this is what <laughs> I, yeah, I totally negotiated. And so I love that you're advocating for this and that you are educating other physicians to be like, hey, hey, don't live the life you think you should live. Live your life what you want on your scale. Exactly. And yeah, and that's the thing. Like most physicians, you know, feel like they're alone when they do that kind of thing, when they're living small because our community is so about, you know, there, I feel like there are two type of, two types of people out there. The type of people that love to brag about how much money they're spending and how much stuff they have and like this fancy vacation that they're taking. And that's what makes, brings them joy. And then there are the other, other half, I think people like us that are like, it brings us joy to know that there's a cushion in the bank and that we have control over our destiny and then and we brag about the way we save money you know well i think it's so good that 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 you can just put it out there in the world and say hey you can be a doctor and you can make a sizable income compared to the rest of the u.s but we got other struggles that we got to talk about you know we've got student loan debt that is like more than a mortgage. You know, I tell people I'm essentially paying for three houses right now, you know, with all of my loan payments, it's getting better. I got, I'm finally under that six figure mark on my student loans. I'm super excited about that. I never did consolidate. So we've been like, we had the list of all the different loans from the different years in med school. I've only got two servicers now and I am so excited about that. Heck so, yeah. I think it's important too when you talk about as you're talking about being frugal, like it's not evidently like foraging for mushrooms in the woods. Now, if that right. lights your fire, you go and make sure it's right. the ones, not the bad ones. But <laughs> I think it's important to say, like, there's different ways of being frugal. Like you mentioned right. like coupon, like I used to love watching the show Extreme Couponers, but I never could get enough newspapers. So, like, that didn't work for us, kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It's not so much about like skip, scrimping and saving every penny, but, um, but more about just making your life optimized, you know, making every single line item on your budget optimized to be exactly what you need and nothing more. And, you know, the thing is, most physicians don't even have time to sit down and do a budget or think about how they're spending money and the money just sort of flies away, you know, um, it, especially because as physicians, we're such targets, you know, everybody wants to sell us stuff. Everybody wants to give us money to loan out, you know, and, and, and leech off that interest. Um, and it's so easy to just get caught up in that and just kind of, you know, fly by the seat of our pants. But if we're just a little bit intentional and that's really all frugality is about to me is just being intentional with spending, you yeah. know, and knowing where your money's going and then figuring out if that's where you want it to go, is that, does that match up with your values or and does it match up with your future goals? What are your goals? You know, that kind of thing. And, and just sitting down and being intentional. That's exactly. really it. And that's and all I, you need to do. Like when I'm talking income. with my life coaching 
um, clients, other female physicians, you know, and they talk about, well, I can't transition or I can't go part-time on my job or I can't, I can't, I can't because of the money. That's when I back them up and I'm like, okay, two sides of the equation. What is coming in and what is going out? Uh, You know, that is like the monetary budget, that side. And then I have them look at the other side and I'm like, how much is your time worth? Like you being away from home for 14, 16 hours a day, how much is that truly worth for you? Because are you really getting that in your compensation? When I step back and look at Mm -hmm. that in my first primary care job, I wasn't, you know, and I thought about, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these areas that I am still giving, giving, giving and not being compensated for. But then when I went and talked to my employer, it was like, oh, well, you're already making above, you know, status quo. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so that was a big incentive for me to be like, it's really not that much of a hit to go part-time. We're going to have to modify our life, but my time doing what I want to do, I am not being compensated for for you to sit here at this desk taking care of patients. And like, once I got that clear on the value of my own time, then that's when it's like, oh, now we're coming in alignment for what I want in my life. Because, you know, that's what I thought when I first got out. I'm like, holy shit, I'm making the big income. What is wrong with me? But that, like you said, (laughs) is looking at that alignment and being like, money don't make you happy. And we all say that, but we think it. We think it when we get out of training or when we go to that next big job and when we sign it and we get that big ass sign on bonus and we're like, yeah. But then like when we start the grind. It's like, shit, the grind was definitely more than what I signed up for. Yeah. And you you make such a good point in that you can better advocate for yourself when you, when, and you know, honestly, a lot of people don't realize really how well they are doing, you know, with, uh, they're generally, most people are putting away money for retirement. People are generally saving, but when you start paying attention to that, you gain that confidence and you gain that self-awareness and self-respect, you know, and then you can advocate for yourself to your boss and make your life exactly the way you want it. And you feel uh, more empowered to do that, you know, to, to speak up and to, and I think that's so important too for patients because um, as physicians, we need to be advocates. And if we're constantly going around afraid to lose our job um, and not speaking up, that creates a whole different set of problems for the whole healthcare system because God knows there are people out there trying to, you know, take advantage of every single thing. Um, So we need to be, we're the, we're the guardians, you know, we know how people are getting billed or we should know. Sometimes we don't, but, (laughs) you know, but we should know how people are getting billed and we should be out there advocating for our patients, you know, and making sure that there's not too much fluff on the added up on top. Well, and that too goes back, like you said, like knowing your own worth. So then, then you can help pour that into other people, be it your patients or your family or your friends. Like, I I think that's part of us that like, that was a compulsion for me that I wanted to do the big vacations and I wanted to go bigger was almost for a coping mechanism to like nurture my inner self, my inner self worth that was damaged through residency. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. And you get so beat down through medical training. I mean, it's a grueling emotional journey, you know, and you feel like I deserve it. I deserve that big vacation. I need to go spend $20,000 on a trip, you know, in order to be happy and, and pamper myself. But like, you can certainly still go on trips. And the good thing about being a physician, we get CME, you know, so you can still have a very nice trip and, and, and uh, have it, be a part of your work and, and learning experience. Yeah, and we're um, not saying anything against if if you guys are globe hopping and going on wonderful vacations, like yeah, I want to come in your suitcase. But I think yeah, exactly. what we're talking more about is like when you're in the job and like you are dying for a vacation because you're hoping that it right. will bring happiness and joy like by spending this big bundle and that's just not true. And we all know that. Like, it's not till like day seven that we all kind of like come down and like actually start enjoying vacation. And then like vacation's over with. And we know we've got to go back to the mountain <laughs> that has been stacking up right. for us. So, I, yes. And I think that when, you know, and I talk about this all the time in my life coaching and that money is just the surface layer. Like it's, it's not the dollars and cents, it's the stuff under it. So when that money goes exactly. away or when you start like peeling it back, you start digging into those issues of like, well, what is my worth? Or, you know, family of origin stories are really interesting around money. Like how are you were raised with money or how you weren't raised about money are super interesting. And so me as the like mindset life coach, I love digging into that because I'm like, oh no, no, no. That is a false belief, and we are going to bust it. Uh, well, how were you raised? How, how were your parents? How did they teach you? So I'm the first doctor in my family. So we were definitely blue-collar, like coupon clipping, uh, huge family garden, canning. Like that was just life. I grew up in, in Indiana in the Midwest. Like we definitely, I wouldn't say we foraged off the forest, but my dad is a hunter. So we were eating deep venison and rabbits and squirrel. So like, that was like natural to me. And then like, once I went like, so med school was my big, like urban experience when I went to Kansas city and people were talking about like how amazing venison is. I'm like, yeah, I got like 10 of those out in my backyard right now at home, you know? So it was, to me, we have always lived I wouldn't say hand to mouth, but I would say very fiscally responsible. So that's when like now that I'm in entrepreneurship world and like the, the savings account is drained because I'm not making that position mm -hmm. income anymore, but I am hustling my ass off doing the life coaching, consulting and loving my life. That's what I tell people. I'm like, uh. it was there. And now like that security net, it's gone. And so now I have to reevaluate like, what did that mean to me? Was it really secure? Because that was just a number in the bank account. It could have been gone if somebody stole it or, you know, some big emergency. What did that mean to me? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's where I'm like finding out, Oh, that savings account means security because my dad always preached about put back in savings, put back in savings, put back in savings. And since I've been doing this new right. adventure, I'm like, okay, it'll come back, you know, changing that mindset of being from scarcity to growth, being like, it's going to come back. And we're using that money to grow ourselves right now. Very nice. Very nice. That's really inspiring. Well, That's, I appreciate and that. I like that because, you know, it feels like it feels dangerous, but it's really not because you are a smart, motivated, really just, you know, you've got everything 
it need it, anybody needs to be a great entrepreneur. Um, and the other thing anything, too, like what I've gotten to is like, what is that money for? What is that money sitting in there for? It is sitting in there for when we need it. And this is a time when we need it. Right. And, and that's where I really right. kind of got over like, oh my God, like, can we really do this? Was like, yes, this is something we need and that we see is moving our, our life forward. Luckily, I have a wonderful husband. Even in all of my batshit crazy ideas, he is like 110% on board. And he's like, baby, if anybody can do it, it's you. Let's go. And so that's <laughs> I, he told me, he was like, that's what savings are for. It is for using in a time that you need it and we need it right now. And so, yeah, yeah. it's, it has been a little crazy. It, it's definitely been the jump, but you know what? And I just blogged about this. And I, I wrote, it's called my physician life coach, eat, pray, love journey. And talking about how scale <laughs> is from like utter and total bliss all the way over to like scared shitless when I do the check book. So, <laughs> but it's been good. It's been really, really good. I love that. That's amazing. Tell me more about your family and being frugal and some of the fun stories that you guys do. So I, um, I'm married as well to a very supportive husband. He is just the same way. Like, you know, will follow me to the end of the earth and he just supports me. He's my tech guy um, <laughs> with this, all this uh, blogging stuff. And uh, he gets me through, you know, when I get stuck and he like, you know, figures clicks the right thing and it just works magically. And I'm so happy about it. <laughs> um, we have uh, two, uh, two toddler boys. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, so right now we're just uh, enjoying life. You know, I work full time and I'm blogging. So I'm really trying to at least spend an hour every day doing that. So my time's a little stretched, but not horribly so. You know, I grew up kind of uh, in different, different spots money-wise. Like initially, I think we were generally always kind of poor. But in India, we were better off than we were here. My dad passed when I was 10. And so we moved here and then my mom was a single mom and uh, we were basically living off of, uh, you know, the subsidized lunches at school. And uh, we were really, really poor for most of my like teenage years. So that really, that was the type of frugality that I didn't want to go back to, that I really actually kind of fought, you know, that's the kind of frugality I was trying to get away from where going to the grocery store was a constant like, no, we can't get that. No, it's too expensive. We're going to go for like the bulk stuff and you can't get the fruit roll-ups. I mean, fruit roll-ups, like they were like Mecca to me. <laughs> Even more you know? so with like the gushers because you know those cost more. Yeah, exactly. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I really didn't want to go back there. And so that's initially like when I first became an attending and we, and, and you know, started bringing in a good doctor's salary. I was like, yes, we finally made it. You know, now we can live comfortably and I can have everything I always wanted. And, um, but you know, the thing is it, it didn't make me happy because at the end of the day, it was tying me to a job. Uh, the, it really it came home when I, um, took maternity leave. And there was no paycheck and it was a bunch of student loan bills coming in and just bills, 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 you know, we had enough savings for that, but just seeing the savings getting whittled down was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Girl, I know. I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I and I was like, what are we doing this for? Like why why do we need to have such a big house and um and all this stuff? Because like at the end of the day, I got used to it and I stopped noticing it and I stopped appreciating it, you know? It's just a house at the end of the day. It's a roof over your head and as long as it doesn't leak, it's fine, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so that's why we kind of uh, stepped it back and did we didn't really step back our spending drastically in like on fun stuff at all. We still do every single thing that we want um, to do. It's just uh, the daily mindless spending like grocery shopping, just optimizing the grocery shopping, optimizing the wine shopping, you know, um, and finding the best value for the dollar. That's kind of where my life is now. And I actually like that a lot because um, it makes me feel like I am in control of uh, the situation, you know, and control of our uh, money future and of our future in general that, that there's a little bit more security there. So. I love it because there really is such a difference to being like happy, poor and struggling. And I'm, I mean, and even our version of poor is still better than 99.9% .9 of the world, you know? And that's what I remind my husband. Right. I'm like, we got food in the refrigerator. We got the lights on. It's warm. The kids are good. Like we're good. We are good right now. Right. And, and so yeah. that's where I have to encourage myself to be like, okay, this is a little discomfort, but we're not struggling. Like we're okay. And even if we ever get to the point where we've got to go to the food bank or apply for Medicaid, you know what? It's going to be all right. As long as you just keep right. the mindset of that, like what are the truly amazing things in my life? I have a, a life coach. Her name is Susan Hyatt. And one question that she always asks everybody, which I think is a great one, is like what in your life makes you feel rich but costs close to nothing. For me, it's just having food in the fridge, like food that's cooked, you know, not necessarily expensive food, but food that's there for me to eat when I come home. Um, that makes me feel so good <laughs> and super rich. You know, even if it was, even if it's just rice and uh, rice and beans or whatever, or casserole, like that makes me feel super well off. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Mine is, I feel super rich. We have kind of a ritual after dinner time that we all go snuggle in bed and we either play like one game together on the tablet and then we pass it kind of like a board game that you would at a table, but we're playing on the tablet and we all snuggle in the covers uh -huh. together. Me and the two boys, usually our bellies are full and we're warm and we're talking to each other and we're giggling and it's just such a special, like, I'm like, God, this is amazing. That's what makes me feel rich. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Well, it has been so delightful talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun. If our listeners have not gotten enough of you yet and they want to hang out with you, what is your website and your social media that they can follow you on? Yeah, I'd love that. I'm at thefrugalphysician.com and I also have a Facebook group called The Frugal Physicians and that's a whole community of people just like us that are just there to uh, share tips and encourage each other and just, you know, provide that that um, tribe of 
of physicians that are not big spenders and they're totally okay with it. Um, I, I'm also on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and on Pinterest. So you'll pro find me almost anywhere. Awesome. I will put that all in the show notes for anyone and everyone who, who wants to check it out. So thank you so much for coming today. Thanks so much for having me. That was so much fun. Yes. I love Dr. D. She seems so very genuine. And I think that the money struggle feels very isolating and very alone, but it's something that we all are dealing with. You know, we hate to admit that we're struggling with it because of the numbers that come behind the dollar sign, but I think it's really, really important that we put it out there. And another thing that I think is really important, and I mentioned it in the conversation, is talk about it, talk about my journey so far. The rainbows and sunshine and the not so good stuff. So I mentioned uh, the articles or the blogs that I had written on my physician life coaching eat, pray, love journey. Um, it's a four part series. It's a lot of fun. And I want to read you part two today where I'm talking about the scale of me being an entrepreneur and a free agent doctor going, you know, from total and other bliss to just absolutely scared shitless. So on the bliss side, I no longer wake up before dawn to start my day running frantically to get out the door only to be late no matter how early I start. With this new venture, I truly became the keeper of my schedule. So amazing. I remember the first morning staying in bed to 7 a.m., fixing breakfast for Team Wiseman on a weekday. What? I know. And actually getting a good workout in that wasn't rushed or half-assed, followed by actually a relaxing shower all in the same freaking morning. Who knew this actually existed? Now I make lunch dates with friends just to catch up. I go to networking events and never once look at my phone to check the time so that I can, quote, get back to start afternoon clinic. Don't get me wrong, I still have a schedule to keep, but the schedule is mine, and it's amazing. No more panicked rush out the door to pick up the kids before daycare is closing. I now close up my day with plenty of time knowing that I can come back to work later. No more calling in to go dinner orders because there's no groceries in the house or because I'm too tired, stressed, fragile, fatigued to even think about cooking. I now weekly grocery shop and have an idea of what the menu is going to be, and I take time to prep and cooking is fun again. No more fighting through two mountains of clothes, dirty on one side and clean, yet not folded and piled in baskets in the other. Daily we do a load and then we set some time aside to fold it. No more spending time with sp staff and colleagues more than my own family. Don't get me wrong, I've loved most of the people that I've worked with. I just want to spend a majority of my hours with my husband and children. I can say now that I truly interact with each member in my household in a positive, loving role. Because honestly, before, I was just in keep you fed, clean, and alive mode as a mom. Seriously, y'all, this is the shit sometimes. But now, on the scared shitless end, let's talk about the flip side. I've had to totally get out of my comfort zone. As an employed physician, you sit in your office or your department and people just roll in and show up. Not so much in the life coaching world. Not at all. Daily, I make direct contact with real people, networking online, releasing a newsletter, for which I'm reading right now. Thank you for reading this and listening, by the way. Edit, record, and produce my podcast. 
go to live events, speak at events, get on Zoom or the phone for calls, give away as much free coaching as possible, follow up with anyone and everyone I can, and try to send as many thank yous as possible. I feel like I'm doing all the things, but to be honest, my conversion rate, that's the people who decide to work with me, is less than 1% with all these measures. That's been really hard odds to live with coming from a super achiever who her whole life has always been 95% or above. I have heard no or not at this time from my business offers more than my sassy pants two-year-old daughter. Rejection sucks, even so when your income is tied to it. But here's the silver lining. Even with all the no's and this being super hard, I can share that there is a silver lining. You know, the 1% I told you about that are my coaching clients? Well, they are rock stars. They've had some amazing results. Several have quit a job that they have hated and transitioned to something better. Even if the exact plans were not set yet, they believe and know it will come. Others have modified their position and now life is more sustainable. They've started to see their career in a new light, one of possibility and hope instead of dread and life sucking. They've launched into new stages of new businesses that light them up so that they can just want to squeak with excitement about how exciting it is. They've dove deep into their businesses into new avenues. They've conquered some battles and dysfunctions in their home life that's changed the trajectory of their entire life. Many are now living out their dreams instead of dreaming of what they want in life. It's pretty amazing and it's magic really and I've been really excited to be a part of it. So the whole point of this, I hope from my super honest and transparent story, you see that I'm all in to help transform your life like I've transformed my own. I don't just post online rainbows and unicorns and act like this isn't hard. I'm walking my talk. If I'm coaching you to jump, then I'm jumping first. If I tell others to live big and dream bigger, then I have to eat my own damn words and do it. Guys, I'm doing it, and the highs have been super high. And the lows, well, they have been tough. Even through it all, I would do it again. Each day, I have to decide to stay on this eat, pray, love journey to keep living outside the box of my previous life, or I've got to get back in the box and slam the lid shut. So today, I choose the road less taken, and I hope that it really does make all the difference. So I encourage you with all of this. Thank you for listening to my story and listening to this podcast. And I just want to encourage you to at least peer outside the box. What is something you have dreamed about doing but can't even fathom right now? It's just too big or scary or just, ugh. What is it? How can you go against the grain, swim upstream, or start running in your own lane? In what way do you need to start telling others your real truth? Like me telling people to their face, no, I'm not really doing the doctoring thing. I'm a life coach now, and I can help you more than before. And where can you be open-minded, available, freed? If I can live outside the box of the traditional medicine trajectory and the daily grind and say all these words, then I know you can live your dreams 100% too. So check out the other parts if this was interesting to you to hear about my journey or even better, let's get on the phone and talk. I'd love to know your story, to know what your hardest problems are, and to see if maybe I can give you a little bit of help and encouragement. So go to the show notes and click on the colleague to colleague call to get that done. Well, guys, wrapping up for today. 
my encouragement to you always is remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.